Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio, and I'm here with my friend and colleague and coworker, co-author Nancy Saxton Lopez. I often say coworker because yes, we were <laughs> decades ago. We were, we worked in the same hospital, and, and this is a program that we do once a week on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an opportunity to take some of the learning that we gained over a very long time doing pets providing pet loss support groups, facilitating pet mm -hmm. loss support groups. We actually took that information and compiled it into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups. But now by the miracle of this technology, we're able to communicate to a broader, broader mm -hmm. network of people. And so we really do like to communicate with you. And we ask you to talk back with us and send us your questions, your stories, your comments, and your recommendations for future discussions. You can reach me at kenddv at gmail.com. Again, that's k-e-n-d-d-v at gmail.com. You can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez, that's n-s-a-x-t-o-n-l-o-p-e-z at csmpc.com. And we like you to know that this program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. Dakin is a 501c3 community supported animal welfare organization that provides a range of services, including shelter and medical care and spay neuter services and behavioral rehab for more than 20,000 animals and people every year. Dakin was opened in 1969, and it rapidly became one of the most recognized nonprofit organizations in Central Mass and a national leader in animal welfare. You can learn more about Dakin and make a donation at Dakin Humane, that's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E dot org. And you can also make a donation to support this podcast by clicking on the link that's attached to the description. And I also just want to say that I'm actually here this week. I was saying you better explain that. I didn't think I was going to be here because I'm scheduled for for hernia repair surgery this morning. I had a bizarre adventure in which I went to the hospital, I got all prepped, and then had the IV in, was getting <clears throat> fluids, and the surgeon came in after an hour and a half of this kind of prep and said, we do not have the laparoscopic balloon that is necessary to do your procedure. And so all for naught. <laughs> so, so it's just an adventure in almost having surgery. <laughs> oh my God. So anyway, we're, we're going to be doing the program today because we know that we're going to have to take a break. In a few right. weeks, when this gets in a few weeks, Ken will go back yes. to the hospital and hopefully have the balloon that is necessary. Because my surgeon operates on Thursday, so it's oh, definitely going to be a Thursday. So, anyway, uh, Nancy, do you want to get us started? Yeah. Um, so I want to go back uh, some time. We um, were had a lot of people and um, emails that we have been going through that. Uh, you know, these folks who have lost their beloved companions. And so I want to make sure that we get in to talk about Kristen and Mittens. Mm -hmm. What a great name for a cat, Mittens. Um, so Mittens died when, when Kristen was away. 
And I think that that's one thing we're, they were, we're going to talk about um, because that does, you know, create a whole lot of guilt. Um, it appeared that um, he may have died of a heart attack. Um, he was staying with her parents. And Which adds so, a whole other thing. And that's it, right? That's a whole and, other issue. And, and it, yes, and it can be. with family. Yeah. Um, and something was going on with him and her mom, you know, got him into the car, into his, you know, a little carry on and he died. Um, and so uh, what she had said um, was everything seems like a bad dream. Mm. I was so lost and I felt so alone. I didn't feel anyone could understand my feelings of grief and losing my best friend, my soulmate, my child, my everything. And so the, the, as the process went on, she decided that she would get another two cats, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, but she had some, you know, concerns about that. And we know, Ken, right? Yeah. That that yeah. could be, I must be betraying the one who has died. Yep. You I, want to bring the new animals into your family, but you also wonder if it's okay to do that. Does that mean you're putting aside your right. connection to your lost pet? Mm -hmm. No, it doesn't. But we often feel that way, right? We 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 just hurt. We, or we, we we throw that at ourselves over and over again. Yeah, the guilt. You know, we we had that in the group a lot. I mean, people <clears> would come <throat> in and they were starting to think about getting another pet, and they would talk to us about. But I'm not. I'm not really. I'm not really crying as much for the one who's died. I'm not really thinking about that one. And it's I'm betray. I must be betraying him. Almost mm -hmm. thinking that they needed to continue to yep. have a lot of grief, and yet the process is, of course, that grief moves. Um, but what Kristen did, which I thought was really interesting, is she got into this meditative place. Um, so she really wanted to connect to Mittens. And so she would hold his urn and, and to her, to her chest. And she expressed to him, uh, you know, her nervousness and she cried and that she said she never, you know, wanted to forget him or replace him. And what came out of these, I don't know if she did it a few times, but these meditations is that she believed that Mitten said, it's okay that you t you bring in these cats to take care of them because they need you. And that was wonderful how that worked out for her because they brought her so much joy. Well, one of the things that we have spoken about in that meeting many, many times in the support meetings was your animal who loved you would not want you to be endlessly in emotional pain. Yeah, of course. Nobody who loves another person would wish that on them. That wouldn't be a real love experience. That wouldn't be the way you would. Love is not control. Let's put it that way. That's right. Love is not <laughs> and, and, and so we actually have a, a section in the book called welcoming joy yeah. back into your life because that experience is so common and it is, it, there is tension around it, but life does move on and you do hold on to 
your beloved pet who has died, you hold on to them and you also can can embrace new relationships as well. Because every relationship is unique. Yep. Um, no matter if it's the same breed of cat or dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's another love. So mm-hmm. you loved the one that is died, who's died, and they're in your hearts now. They they become part of your soul and your heart, and you can love another person or another person. Well, we look at them as children. So you you can you can love another another pet. Well, and and that experience of of losing a pet when you're away, we we lost one of our dogs, Jack, when we were in Barcelona, oh, and that's right. we had he. It seems like three of our chihuahuas ended up in their later ages. He died when he was 15, almost 16, had congestive heart failure, but he was, he was stable. He was being treated for it for quite a long time. We had taken him to the vet shortly before we left and was told that he seems really stable. He's, you know, you should go on your trip because he's got care. He had very consistent care while we were away. But we received an email that he had died. And it was so devastating. It was, and we had left instructions that if that happened to any of our dogs, that we would like them to be wrapped up and put in our freezer yeah, so, so that we could say goodbye them. to them. Yeah. But boy, there's something really, there's a, there's a certain adv- like higher level of gut-wrenching that comes with that. Oh, absolutely. And that was so, so when... We think about Kristen. When I think about Kristen, I think, wow, that's just really, really something. And then I also think about the the potential for a little bit of tension between her and her parents. I mean, many times that wouldn't happen, but sometimes it would because her parents might feel guilty. I'm sure they have absolutely no reason to feel guilty as, as is so often the case though, we do feel guilty when an animal dies in our care. Of course. And I'm sure they would, that was the, incredibly difficult news to share with their daughter. And so my heart goes out to her for, yeah. for all of that. It's a really, really challenging situation. Yeah, we, we've had situations like that where, you know, I th- remember one person or a couple, I guess, going away for the first time mm-hmm. and their animal died. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just powerful that way because I, and my first heart dog um, was my first pug and I got her in 1977 um, and she died in, in 1989. Um, but, you know, she got very ill. She got pancreatitis and we had to take her to our vet and then she was still sick. So she went to one of the ER vets, you know, uh, hospitals for um, the weekend. And we remember that, and it was 45 minute trip. So we remember getting a phone call and it was around 1030 at night or something saying that that she wasn't doing well. And a half an hour later, they said she had died. Mm -hmm. And so we could not have even gotten there, right? In time to see her. And that has been I'm, you know, look, I've gone through the, the guilt with that, but it's still, I'm still taught, all right, I can talk. Yeah, about it. yeah it it's still, it still has a place. It's right. still, it's still, it still pricks you quite a bit, it seems like these do, just like when I talk about Jack, absolutely. Right. Of course. The other thing that I want to bring up, though, too, about 
um, not worrying about betraying the one who's died is when I went to or had the talk with the animal communicator, right? And I asked for the dogs. Would you bring out the dogs, please? On that, I really want to. I really want to talk mm -hmm. to them. And so we did have some conversations about some of them, some of them, mostly well, they're all pugs. And but um, she said to me, and I think I shared this in another podcast. She says, "You're gonna you're gonna get another dog, right? And you're getting another dog." And this is when we were looking at Boogie, right? Mm -hmm. Even before we had started a process. And she said. They all say, please get him. He's special. <laughs> so they and, all and were he is special. <laughs> he's so, very special. <clears throat> so I thought, well, and they all are like, yeah, mom, you know, <laughs> go right ahead. So <laughs> well, we want to thank Kristen. You know, Absolutely. And and uh we thank everybody who sends us these yes. stories because we actually feel and we're seeing in the comments and in the reactions that people really like to hear other people's stories that there's a, there's a kind of grounding to yeah. that. That's just really valuable. So we're going to move on and, and okay. share another story. Wow. And this one I'm going to read through. And this is from Renee. Get set up here. So Renee says, I recently listened to you talk about multiple losses. We've currently experienced a few losses in the past seven months. Sadly, two of our beloved cats, Elvis and Allison, left us in July and October. Then our beloved German shepherd, Willow, told us with no uncertainty, very interesting to hear that, told us with no uncertainty that she was ready to go just three weeks ago on Sunday, February 13th. It feels as though all we have done lately was grieve. Mm -hmm. In addition, I lost one of my dearly loved clients. I'm a caregiver in April. Multiple losses are indeed very difficult, as you've stated. It's never the same every time. And as much as you think you're prepared for it, you never it never gets easier. We have been preparing ourselves for Willow's passing for months. Willow was diagnosed with congestive heart failure back in January 2020, as well as having congestive heart failure. She also was showing significant signs of genetic, of, I'm sorry, degenerative myelopathy in her back legs. We adjusted our life, and that's a disease, a, 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 a kind of progressive degeneration of the spinal cord. Yeah, I think so. And, and so I think, that's, I think that's common in German Shepherds. Yeah, it's common in German Shepherds and, and some other breeds as well. Mm -hmm. We adjusted our lifestyle to do our best for her. Along came the pandemic. March of 2020, and I quit my full-time job in an office to become a caregiver for her and humans as well. I worked part-time just a couple of days a week as my mate was not able to change his hours at his job to stay home and take care of her. So she organized her work life. Yeah, her whole life around Willow. Around caring for Willow. Most of my time was spent at home with Willow, making sure she had her potty breaks every few hours. She was on LASIK, so she had to, she had to go mm -hmm. a lot. I'm so very glad that I had all the extra time with her over the past two years, as it seemed like the right thing to do. Over the past year, her DM became worse to the point that she could not get up on her own. We had to begin using a padded sling for her to help her to her feet. During this period, she was able to still walk to get outside and do her business. We were still able to take 
her to all of our cabin weekends in the woods. She mm-hmm. loved our weekends away. She also accompanied us to a couple visits to Ohio State University to visit my mate's son who was going to college there. We always found the nicest pet-friendly Airbnbs to stay at so she could have a yard to walk out to and enjoy. She was the best travel partner and always loved new places. So they included her in In all of their activities and their travel. Sadly enough, her DM got the best of her. Over the past month, we started to notice she could not hold herself up long enough to do potty and started to need assistance. We knew where this was heading. So we invested in boxes of pee pads. She's a German shepherd. So imagine that. And diapers and took care of her needs the best we could. It just became such a part of our routines that it became second nature. We never became stressed about it. We never wanted her to feel bad about her state of decline. If we had to do it all again, we would. It was three weeks ago on Saturday when we noticed she didn't want to eat her breakfast nor drink any water. She wasn't herself. She had went from playing with her favorite toy the night before to having no interest in anything the morning after. It just happened so quickly. It it often feels that way, right? Mm -hmm. That it just happened so quickly. We couldn't get her out of her bed that morning. It was as though she was completely giving up, didn't respond to our prompts for getting her up and on her feet. We noticed she would try to get up to cough and retch badly, which we recognized was not a good sign. She was failing and the CHF, the congestive heart failure, had taken over completely. I have to say that throughout her health issues, we always praised her for her efforts. We used the words, you can do it, a lot. When she made it to the top of her ramp that we put in for her outside, we would happily applaud her success. We knew this helped her to keep going for as long as she did. She never seemed like she was ready to quit until that Saturday. She would have had She would have some bad days, but not too often. And when these bad days came along, we would tell her it was okay. She deserved to rest and to be pampered. So they're really thoughtful and really wonderful with her. Her final two days were the longest days of our lives. Due to the pandemic, we could not locate a mobile vet to come to the house for any kind of assessment or treatment. And we couldn't see taking her to an emergency. They said dragging her to an emergency vet, Mm -hmm. which would only cause a lot of stress, which she didn't need. So we kept her comfortable at home and made that decision that no pet parent wants to make. We were able to locate a vet to come and assist us in saying goodbye on Sunday. We were grateful that we had these last two days with her. My mate and I took turns sleeping with her in her bed on those nights. On Sunday, she was visited by my neighbors who knew her well as they also loved her as well as their cat, Sweater Muffins. There's a name (laughs) for you, Sweater Muffins who would visit her often when we were outside. So here is something I'm wondering about. The past week before her passing, I myself had a few bad days, bad, bad days. I have arthritis in my neck and shoulders, so it was very hard for me at times to get her up out of her bed and even with the sling. I was feeling tired and defeated some days, I have to admit. I cried feeling so frustrated that I couldn't be my best for her. I cried so hard about this. My mate would try and comfort me, telling me that she knows I'm still trying to help her and doing my best, and she loves me more for it. He would then take over when he came home from work. Am I correct in thinking that she was picking up on my feelings on those bad days? I really think that she could sense how frustrated I was with myself, and my exhaustion just made me cry. Could she have possibly decided to quit trying because I was in such pain? 
I tried to never cry in front of her those days, but I feel somehow she knew it was getting to be too much for me. I just have this feeling that she was so connected to me. It was just her and me for eight years before I met my mate. So they had a, a long wow, time alone long together. Connected relationship. I remember whispering to her that Saturday before, if she needed to go, it would be okay. It was clear that she was fading, fading from us. She continued to hold on until we released her on Sunday. There's a phenomenon that happens when you're grieving. This is another point she's making. It felt like the days had no delineation. We were mm -hmm. stuck in that Sunday and it seemed like forever. Does that make any sense? It makes a lot of sense. We, have, <laughs> we were held in some emotional limbo in which it felt time had stopped. We also noticed that we are catching ourselves being momentarily stuck to our previous schedule of caring for her. If we went out together after coming home from work, we always made sure it was under four hours to be back for her care. When we are now out away from the house, we now have noticed, both of us, that there is a brief moment of panic that we have to be home soon. It's hard to get past the previous life of routines. We have more freedom now, yet we still don't feel happy about it. Oh, I know. It's hard coming back home each and every time when she's not there. I am not sure why this is hard for us now, especially with me. I hadn't visited with my mate's family five hours away in three years because I didn't want to leave her in anyone else's care. Since her passing, I found myself just not enjoying being away from home. We have plans to spend a weekend away next month as we really haven't been traveling in years. I'm finding it very hard to look forward to it. There's still a feeling of wanting to be here for her. The mind is such an amazing yet horrible thing sometimes, is it not? So that's her story. And there's wow. so much there. So, so much, much there. there. <laughs> um, I want to thank Renee, or we want to thank Renee. Yep. That was a very thoughtful and um, heartbreaking story. Um, but I want to come back. If I have to come back, I want to live there. <laughs> I want to be Renee's dog. Okay. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I... The, the amount of attention and love and caring that that she and her mate did for, oh, I'm sure, all of all of Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I, I mean, I understand the guilt, because we always have the guilt, and we talked about this, that the people who generally are the are just amazing pet parents have a lot of guilt, even yeah. though they've done everything possible. I mean, for her to stop her job and work part time and, and build a ramp <laughs> and, and, you know, the sling, the, the whole and taking Willow went with them everywhere. Yep. So I think, though, we need to kind of address, I think that the, what was the first, uh, the first. Well, the, 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 the first, well, I also just want to throw something in and that is, that's what you call a good death. Yeah. That's what I think. I want to die that way. I want friends to come visit me. Yeah. I want family who right. loves me that much to be, to be caring for me. I want them to be thinking about the way I'm feeling. The first point that she raised was that she was kind of breaking down a little That's bit right. physically. She was, she was having arthritis and, and, and I, I have to say one of the, we, you, we both corresponded with her. And one of the things I said to her is, you know, you were so connected. It, it might be that you were actually feeling some of what Willow what was, was feeling. Going like you were so intimately engaged with one another that you might have been just kind of resonating with her 
exhaustion because you would you had told her having seen the way she was doing that it was okay to go yeah and that might have been what you were feeling you were feeling her feeling like this just she couldn't do it anymore that that's that's a really good point i mean the other thing is is that um you know dogs any animal will pick up on on um, some feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in, in the in that death process, that's different. She was Willow was dying, yeah, and it was her Willow's process, and there wasn't a connection necessarily. You know, Renee didn't cause it. Renee yeah. didn't cause Willow to to say, "Oh my God, Mom is in such a bad space that you know I'm I I need to go." But that's that's not the case. No. no. Um, and and so, you know, yes, animals can pick up if there is a little bit of a change in an emotion, but that doesn't mean, uh, Renee, that that there was any cause. And and, and if she did pick up on the sadness, this that's that was appropriate to what was happening. Yeah. The, Willow was declining. Willow was dying. Yeah. And there's a place for great sadness between the two of you, for her to hold her, to cry, to, to be connected that way. That's, that often happens. And it's, it's just part of the, the recognition of the fact that this loss is, is going to happen soon. Of course. And that, there it go. And that goes into, I mean, there was some anticipation, but this came on fairly quickly. And so and we've seen that a lot that, you know, yeah. animals uh, are maybe are very sick, but all of a sudden they start to they show really sick. crash. They and just, then, yeah, yeah. And they don't last very long after yeah. that. Yeah. You no, know, that's not an untypical thing. And and then moving on to some of the other stuff, I, I was so struck by this. It felt like the days had no delineation. That's right. such a great way to capture this idea. Like you never want the day that they died to end because they were still alive on that day. Yeah. And I, I felt that so much. I, I've never seen it stated so clearly and poignantly as that, 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 that really struck me. It's like, I don't want time to move forward. You, you want to hold on. And yeah. that's the same thing with her, with Renee going away. The yeah. closer, he, he, that's where Willow lived was their yeah. home. She yeah. was part of their family. She was their child. And so you wouldn't necessarily through this, the beginning of this grieving process, want to leave. You want to yeah. be close to her, yeah. you know, so it's understandable. I mean, they're not happy and they're not going to be happy for a period of time. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. and it, it, you, you know, some of what you want to do is go visit family, but maybe you're going to be a bit more subdued than you will be yeah. down the road a bit. Right. Do the things that you think will be helpful for you and that you've had, you haven't done in years. You haven't visited your part, your partner's family in three years and you want to see them. Well, go see them and maybe you'll be a bit somber at times while you're there as well. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you have to put on, you know, a an act, a a face, whatever. Um, Although, also, depending on her and her mate, I mean, maybe it maybe it it isn't the right time. Right, 
Maybe it is. That's you know, true. because and there's, need, there's no right or wrong there. There's yeah, whatever right. feels. There's no right or wrong. But like I mean, if fits. she's feeling so that she wouldn't be able to have a conversation or to be, you know, engaged or whatever that is. I mean, um, I mean, it hasn't been that long. No. You know, no. Really February thirteenth. Yeah, she, she didn't die that long. month, right? It's February thirteenth. Oh, so, um, but you know, that's for her and her maid to really discuss. Um, yeah. So, and that's where couples, there are a couple issues, right, that come up, you know, um, I'm sure that he would love to see his family. He hasn't seen his family in a long time. And it, it depends also on how his family feels about the yes. loss of the dog, what, the what they what, say. How, they, how they think about animal companions and their value in the family and whether or not they're respectful of extraordinary of what going, or feelings he's going through, right? Or, yeah. you know. Yeah her mates going through. So you bet there, yeah, there's interesting. It brings up a lot of questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and the, 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 the stuff about, Oh my God, we've got to get home. We've been away. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> You've had a routine for so yeah. many years. Yeah. It's, it's normal. They, oh, Oh, you know, we don't have to do that. I think it's so good to hear her say that because we say this kind of stuff a lot, but to hear one of the audience members describe what it's like for them, like a real example, I, I hope that that's helpful for many people yeah. because it's so clearly it's, the kind it, of thing that happens yeah. to most everybody. It's all of a sudden, you know, they'll wake up and say, oh my gosh, I got to get up and walk. I got to get up and I got to get, I got to get Willow up. Yeah. Uh -oh. I got to get her up and, and, or whatever, whatever was part of the routine. And then, and then there's like this crashing wave of, yeah, oh, okay. they're not really, they're not here anymore, really. And that's, grief plays tricks on our minds yeah. all the time like that. And some, some people would call that part of bargaining. Like we we sort of feel like a mo for a moment, like we're back in the world the way it was. Yeah. And then it then the reality hits us that the world has changed forever in this way. But I mean, we know that Renee and her maid loved these two cats yeah. and that dog, yeah, you know, it, it so much. And, you know, we, we wish them, you know, we, we send them healing thoughts. We do. We do. And we thank them and we thank everybody who, who participates with yes, us. We, think all it's, the time. we, we find helpful. it so helpful and we hope that it, we know that it's helpful for others because they tell mm -hmm. us. <laughs> so as always, Nancy, great talking with you and we'll do it again next week. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>